Welcome one and welcome all. We are live on episode number 70 of Berry Flow Upstream. This one is entitled Manifest for rather obvious reasons. We got a lot of stuff coming to a head here talking about the BlackBerry Priv and we'll be discussing a little bit of the marketing that seems to be coming out shortly. But first I want to introduce our guest. Today we have with us our Berry Flow editor, Mr. Dallin Crump. How are you doing, Dallin? Hey, doing great. Thanks, James. Great to have you on. Alex Bass is also here with us as well from Cyberbytes Inc. How you doing, man? What's going on? Just trying to get through the week. Weekend, rather. You know. You guys don't see this, but Alex is actually wearing white pants after Labor Day, so you can give him some heck for that. <laughs> as well, we have the editor-in-chief of Crackberry.com here as well. How are you doing tonight, Blaze? I'm sick, but I'm here, so that's all that matters. <laughs> it, it seems like we're just passing it around. I was sick last week, you're sick this week, Alex is probably sick. Alex, we gotta... had, Alex probably had the worst of it. He went on a camping trip and got sick, so... <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's pretty rough. <laughs> Poor Alex. Well, at least the Priv may actually launch on Verizon, so, you know? <laughs> we, won't be able to use, we, we won't be able to use that one against you any longer, but uh, <laughs> I want to announce the winner of this awesome... A BlackBerry hockey stick, circa BlackBerry Live, for those uh, who commented on our last upstream. The winner is Jason G. So, Jason, congratulations on winning this. We will be shipping this out your way probably on Monday, which is going to be tomorrow. So, congratulations, and thank you, everyone, who participated in the little contest we did for episode 69, which was Bide. I want to do some, some quick housekeeping on anyone who has any ill feelings toward us and the cast here. I mean... We put out an editorial early today. Dallin and I actually worked back and forth on what the headline should be, so I feel bad that it got some negative feedback. Uh, really, we were looking to do an article that talked about what the perception, the perceived mentality and notion behind Priv by BlackBerry was. So, you know, if you don't like a headline or something like that, the constructive thing to do would be to reach out, send an email. If you flame in the comments, it's just trolling. If you have a constructive comment, you can put it in there. But please, if you dislike something like this in the future, reach out, send an email. We can do a letter to the editor and publish a formal kind of response in what your feelings are. That would be the mature thing to do. I, again, I will defend Dallin in his article. I put it as an editorial. Barry Flow is totally behind it. So, Dallin, tell us about this article and why you wrote it and, and what your kind of state of mind was when you did so. Well, I'm curious now because honestly, I slept all day and I didn't actually <laughs> read the article as of yet. So I'm like, what's going on? <laughs> yeah, it got it got some interesting reactions. It was like pretty polarized. Either people loved it or they hated it. Um, and so, just to give you kind of an idea of what happens when I put together an op-ed like this, this isn't the first piece that I've written for Barry Flow or the first piece that I've written, you know, on my own blog. But um, I, I don't write these pieces with the intent to troll anyone or to get clicks or whatever. This is purely just a construct of my my mind and what I've what I'm observing and and what I'm feeling at the time that I write the piece. That's it. It's just meant to get. It, it's more like an exercise for me to just kind of crystallize what all the, all the ideas and stuff that are floating around in my brain, uh, trying to make sense of it all. So um, there is no there is no malicious intent or otherwise behind this. It's simply, it's just simply me stating what I what I'm thinking at the moment. So the idea behind this is, look. So I was pretty resistant initially to uh, to the Priv, hated the name, 
hated the name when it <laughs> when they first announced it. I'm like, Priv, really? Um, I'm starting to warm up to the name. I'm starting to warm up to the idea. And the more I see about the phone and actually see how the phone works in operation, which we're going to discuss a little bit later, some videos that have come out, um, I'm warming up to the idea. But but more than that, I I really believe that it's it's um, it's the next logical step, you know, for for BlackBerry's handset business. It's really the only direction left that they had to go to try to save their handset business. I truly believe that. Um, BB10 is awesome. I love BB10. I'm rocking a Z30 right now, um, and it's great. It's wonderful. It does it does so many things well, and it does what I need. But you know, at, at the end of the day, we got to BlackBerry has to go where the the customers are. BlackBerry has to listen and, and go where they are and, and try to do that to save their handset business. So um, I just tried to crystallize those ideas in that in that piece that was uh, published today. And and I will and I'll back you up here and that the article was very positive actually. If you look beyond the headline, really the headline conveys the underlying tone of the piece and that Priv is perceived as BlackBerry's last chance at revitalizing that said handset business. And that Priv for BlackBerry stands for much more than just the handset, right? It stands for privacy privilege, that those two things that security can enable. So when we say that BlackBerry's last gambit is Priv. We're not talking so much about the handset as much as the idea of privacy and security and what it can enable for end users. So again, sorry you didn't like it. We're going to leave the headline as is. We're going to roll on into our next topic. Let's talk about the very, very impressive introduction of Priv by BlackBerry. We saw a video come out from Carphone Warehouse uh, showing off a pre-order and an early registration of the device went out a couple days prior. But BlackBerry did a phenomenal 40-second, I think it was like 40, 41-second, hands-on introduction of Priv, and it looked like Michael Cluley at BlackBerry had been teasing a little bit of this on his Twitter months back. So Alex has queued up the video here for us, and we're going to let it run through. Um, very, very interesting video, and I've got you locked on, Alex. It's kind of interesting. I'll frame the video for those watching or, or for those listening. The video does a good job of convincing you that like this is a modern, all-touch, Android-powered BlackBerry and he's taking you through Hub, which obviously shows off some of the BlackBerry 10 features, but then bam, you slide up and you get that physical keyboard. So right when you're convinced this is a modern, all-touch Android, BlackBerry kind of throws that curveball. We see Google Maps, we see BBM on Android, and we see some pretty solid performance, as well as that touch-enabled keyboard where you can flick up words. Again, very simple, very short video a really great introduction to what looks like an awesome device. When this video came out, what were some of your guys' thoughts and impressions? That was basically when I saw it, it was like, that's the kind of video that we probably needed like a month ago. <laughs> but, you know, um, BlackBerry is pretty much going to do whatever they want to do in their own particular time. Like, there's a reason why we haven't seen any of this stuff yet, and that's, you know, mainly because BlackBerry didn't, didn't want to go ahead and put it out as of yet. It wasn't their, their time. Um, but it, I think the bigger and probably more important thing than this one particular video is that everything else that came at pretty much the exact same time, the video itself, just, just to speak towards the video itself, um, you know, it was a great look at the device, and I think it was, it was, it, it it came from pretty much a BlackBerry user. So, as you can tell just by watching the video, you see things that you've wanted to see 
that weren't present in the previous league. So everybody gets to see how um, you know how one way that the hub is essentially accessed by using the launcher button there. Um, and just to be clear, there's obviously more ways that you can access the hub. You don't specifically have to go ahead and use that one particular button every single time that you want to access the hub. Um, you know, it showed off showed off the hub. It showed off, um, you know, the maps and stuff like that because there was always a, a big concern with Google Maps between people. I think that was, you know, maybe not necessarily something that everybody wanted to see. Like, not everybody cares about Google Maps, but it just showed the simplicity of being able to go ahead and transition into things almost like... Um, you know, like the hub and essentially the flow of BlackBerry 10. So, you know, it was an easy transition, which is something that BlackBerry 10 users obviously wanted to see if they're planning on moving into the priv, which is, you know, how easy can you transition into applications compared to, like, BlackBerry 10. Um, you know, it showed off the keyboard, which is obviously going to be a huge, huge thing for anybody who, who plans on moving from BlackBerry 10. Uh, so, especially passport users, if you know if you're a passport user with the, the, the trackpad sensitive keyboard, you know that that's being carried over. Just by watching that 40 second video, you can see that that is automatically there. You get the flick up on the screen and stuff. All that stuff, the word prediction, everything is there. So I, I think I think that this one particular video appealed to. Um, current existing BlackBerry 10 users more so than, you know, just somebody who who may not have necessarily been a BlackBerry 10 user before, but it included a lot of the stuff that wasn't present in, like, the, the Carphone Warehouse video. Because the, the Carphone Warehouse video wasn't built around the idea of showing off existing BlackBerry 10 users what the device is all about. It was just kind of like a video. It was just there, right? Um, but I think the, the actual BlackBerry one catered to BlackBerry 10 users and BlackBerry users at that point a little bit better than the Carphone Warehouse one. Um, yeah. But again, all of this comes at, at the exact same time, too, because we got the Carphone Warehouse video. We got the BlackBerry introduction video. Um, but something that I don't think that a lot of people actually may not have necessarily realized is that the Priv ads across websites went live that day as well. Um, you know, even even on my own device, just scrolling around and going to visiting different websites through the browser on my on my passport, uh, all of the priv ads went live that same day too. So all of those previous passport ads that you were seeing with the wider or wider landscape pictures that you know some people loved and some people hated, all of those started to go down and they were all replaced with priv ads. So this, this be, between the BlackBerry video and the Carphone Warehouse video and the priv ads going off, this was basically the kickoff of BlackBerry's marketing. You know, Even if it was just a small kickoff to it, people need to pay attention. Like we, we've been saying all along, like, you know, BlackBerry needs to market this thing. I think that's, that's the big takeaway here, is that all of this combined was essentially BlackBerry's kickoff for their for their marketing, and you know whether or not it was a good marketing or bad marketing, you know w people are going to have different views on that. But I think that's the grand takeaway from it all. I'm sorry to cut you off there, Alex. No, you're good. You know, I I think that he definitely 
touched on some of the important aspects. Like in this one screenshot here, we see, okay, it definitely has the Play Store and it has all the Google services and it has, you know, all the Hub and BlackBerry and everything. So it's like this one little shot shows so much like information and going through just like showing off the Hub and uh, the calendar within the Hub, I think they touched on all of the key points that had to be done. And I did want to bring one thing up about this though. Um, a few people online, they were talking about, you know, well, when the screen slid up, like, look how much he has to go and reach the top of the screen. It's like, well, realistically, this demo wasn't necessarily a use case scenario. Like, you're not going to go to Google Maps to type in 305 and then tap the top link. You'd be using the physical keyboard for writing a long email or something that takes more time. So demos normally aren't meant to be used like, this is how exactly you'd use it in day-to-day. -day. It's more showing the features and the software off. I mean, when you typed in the BBM here that it was only like five words or something, you don't necessarily need to use the physical keyboard for that. They're just trying to show you off the features of the phone. Um, so I guess some people took it the wrong way, but I think it, it did a phenomenal job at actually showing the phone off in 40 seconds. I mean, I've watched this thing like 10 times, so I, I think it was a you know, good, good product demo, definitely. A really interesting part that was uh, actually highlighted in some observations in the CrackBerry forums was that both in the CarPhone Warehouse video and the Priv by BlackBerry video introduction that was done by BlackBerry, there seems to be some small white lines on the edge of the screen, which model basically what Samsung does with the, the S6 Edge and some of their Edge phones, where you can actually pull in different contexts, be it contacts or recently used apps or whatever the case may be, from that edge. So being able to swipe on that edge is something that looks to be available on the Priv as well. What do you guys think BlackBerry can do there? I know Blaze and I talked about it. We saw previously uh, the ability to add in custom shortcuts to like, you know, add a calendar event or BBM a specific content. A contact, excuse me. I wonder if we're going to be able to set some of those custom shortcuts to be available on that edge so that we can swipe from the edge and you know, send off a really quick BBM to a loved one or a family member or a colleague or something like that. Really, there's a lot of potential for it. What do you guys think? I mean, John Chan did specify we're going to do something productive. We're going to do something cool and smart with that edge. What's something I didn't you even guys want that. to see? Is it, yeah. is it this year? I guess yep. I see a little arrow kind of. I didn't even notice that. Yeah, yeah, that's the. Uh, and oh. it's available. Everywhere on the OS, if you if you watch the yep. video closely, yep, you see, it, see it right there. So again, very very cool stuff that they're going to be enabling here. Dallin, what's something you'd like to see maybe available via that edge and, and a potential gesture therein? Well, I mean, obviously one of the things that Android is known for is the ability to customize it. So I would actually love the ability to like you were alluding to 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 be able to create custom shortcuts or custom actions. Um, or create, you know, just a custom menu of some sort when you swipe over that uh, would have the actions that, that are pertinent for your whatever you need, um, whether it be, you know, some colleagues that you need to message really quickly or, um, or I mean, you know, in Android, vanilla Android right now, when you swipe uh, from, what is it, from the left, it queues up uh, Google Now. Um, and so, you know, maybe that's a, that would be another option to have Google Now um, integration and, and have that be a part of it. Um, I mean, really, the possibilities are endless, uh, and I'm all for giving more, you know, power to the end user to to customize and define what they want there. You were previously using a Moto G 
before coming back to your Z30. What were some of the things that made you, you know, go to Android for one and then come back to BlackBerry 10? I guess what I'm asking is, in the Android experience that you did experience, what were some of the drawbacks that, I guess, may transition? And I say may because we don't know what kind of customizations BlackBerry's done to their version of Android. But what were some of the setbacks of Android versus BlackBerry 10 that have brought you back to your Z30? Well, so I always, you know, I try to make it known in my writing that I'm I'm what I call platform and brand agnostic. I'm not a brand loyalist. I, you know, I love technology. I love testing it all out, trying all the different platforms and, um, you know, learning about the inherent strengths and weaknesses of each of them so that I can actually speak from personal experience and, and try to have some type of objective point of view. But that said, I always gravitate to the devices and to the technology that seems to work best for what I need and, and f for me. And for the past two plus years, that's been, you know, BlackBerry. It's been BB10. So, but yeah, recently um, I spent a week with uh, a Moto G. It was an older model. It was the second gen Moto G. And um, so, not you know, not the latest and greatest hardware, you know, mid-range device. It's already, it's been out for a year. So, you know, it's not going to be, it didn't have flagship specs or anything. But Obviously, the, the things that jumped out to me right off the bat were the availability of the apps. You know, it, it, one app store, you go open the app store, get the apps you want. That is the experience that people expect on a smartphone. Um, and they don't want to have to, you know, sideload or, or install um, other apps or, or other app stores to be able to get the apps that they want. And they expect a decent experience when they run their apps. So, and... John Chen has just has talked about this repeatedly is you know they're trying to address the app the app situation which is one of the reasons the priv is is here um, so that was one thing another but another but a couple of the things that that um, that I didn't like were the ability to multitask right um, if you're kind of if you're constantly going back and forth like you know I maintain several BBM channels and I post content to these channels and I, I search the internet for this content that I can share on these channels. Like I have a scenic Utah channel. And uh, so I look for really cool images and information about the state of Utah and I post that to my to my channel. So when I'm trying to look on uh, in a browser and search for content and search for photos to post to my channel and I'm kind of going back and forth posting that content, um, it's so much easier for me to do it in BB10 because of the active frames, right? I've got my active frames open. I just, you know, with the gestures, I can easily go back and forth. With uh, with Android using the the default task switcher, um, there was a notable lag, and it was probably just the older hardware of the Moto G. But but it it was a lot more kludgy, a, a lot more cumbersome experience to do that, and um, that was one of the things that drove me back. Um, I mean, uh, there there's several other things. Uh, one of the things I did like was Google Now. I mean, if you use Google services and Google products, the integration with Android is seamless. It's great. You can get um, some amazing, amazing usefulness out of that. Uh, just, just the ability to, you know, easily track packages that you're getting. You know, uh, you order something on Amazon or whatever. It sends it to your email, and automatically a little card pops up in Google Now that says, "Here's your package. You want to track it." Whereas, you know, with BB10, I have a separate packages to go app, but I have to manually enter that information into the app to track the package. So. Um, you know, it, it's just little things like that, you know, little advantages and disadvantages that it, it really depends on what you want um, in, in a phone and in an operating system. I just came back to BB10 because it, it does more of what I want right now.
I'm glad you're back. I'm, I'm glad, and, and and it's funny because you came, you're coming back to BlackBerry 10, but you're going to probably end up on, on this Android thing eventually. You seem the type yeah. to me that's going to probably sit and wait, see how the device is, how it's received oh, yeah. before you you make that jump. Blaze, you've you've had, I believe you have a Moto G as well. Is that correct? Yeah, I got um, I got one of the uh, 2015 ones that I have here. And would you uh, echo would you echo some of the same sentiments in terms of you know that experience with Android? Yeah, you know, really, I probably the only difference that I could um, pinpoint between Dolan's experience would probably be with um, Google Now because I do have the upgraded hardware, and you know the the more RAM that's there, and Google Now is significantly faster. You know, the higher the specs that you go. Um, pretty much everything that he said is pretty much you know on par uh, with exactly how I feel about it. And I've said and said before that I don't, you know, there are are certain scenarios that I don't even necessarily like Android. And uh, you know, some sometimes when it comes down to the the multitasking and stuff like that, there is a little bit of a, a difference between lag there compared to what you get on BlackBerry 10 because as as everybody knows you can just simply fly through BlackBerry 10 um, you know the the problem was never never in regards to how BlackBerry 10 worked because BlackBerry 10 itself works absolutely amazingly um, you know it's just it doesn't have the apps or anything like that to maintain people's interests and that's that's really the problem there's there's absolutely nothing wrong with BlackBerry 10 as it is except for the app situation. So, yeah, absolutely agree with Dolan 110%. And I'll, I'll add in another, you know, 25% in there. Yeah. <laughs> I want to go back to, to Priv a little bit because, you know, we're talking about Android, unfortunately. And, you know, we all wish we were talking more about BlackBerry 10, but there's only so much that can be said, right? Let's talk about that battery. On the registration page, definitely check it out if you have not already for Priv. Um, really, really cool that they teased a little bit of features and some of the software specific and hardware specifications. We're looking at 34 10 milliamp hour batteries. That's only 40 milliamps less than what we have in the 34 50 milliamp hour battery on the BlackBerry Passport. So Alex has queued up the the screen for us here. And again, put your information in. A lot of those first initial videos that we were looking at were actually sent via the email list that was submitted here. So submit some of your information if you want to get the latest updates on availability, pricing, etc. for Priv by BlackBerry. Again, you can see the Schneider Crushnet camera. We've got the stunning 5.4-inch dual-curved screen, a large 34-10-milliamp-hour battery, and, of course, both the touch virtual and physical keyboard detect technology and they claim to be extraordinary audio quality. I know my passport's very loud. I'll play it out in public, and I'm like, oh, dang, let me turn that down a little bit because it's just so loud, even in a large room. What do you guys think? I know a lot of the uh, Android flagships out there right now are rocking batteries that are significantly smaller than this, and I know some of the bigger phablets do have a 40, you know, 4,000 milliamp or bigger battery, but this is pretty well specced up with things like the S6 and the iPhone. What do you guys think in terms of battery? Do you think... In term, you think it's going to be a balance? Like they're all going to be basically the same, because they've got more optimization on their OSs than maybe BlackBerry has with this one. Do you think the the thirty four ten is going to be enough to satisfy users? I think it's going to be perfectly fine. I mean, um, you know, I I heard early on that they had issues with the battery because it wasn't optimized, but it seems as though that the majority of those issues have been ironed out now, and 
you know, 30, uh, whatever they put in there, is as long as it's over, I, I basically said as long as it was over 3,000 milliamp hours, I didn't think that there would be a problem with it. And, you know, even though that it's 40 milliamp hours less than my passport, I still think that it will be perfectly fine. And I'm not... I'm not overjoyed that it's actually less than my passport. I kind of wish that it was, you know, the exact same as my passport, but I think it'll still be perfectly fine in, in that regard. Yeah, um, if we think about it too, the supposedly the priv is going to be OLED as opposed to LCD, so that might play a little bit in terms of balancing things out, passport versus priv in, in a direct comparison. You know, I, I just thought to myself, you know, comparing these two devices is going to be so difficult because they're two completely different hardwares, completely different operating systems, yet ultimately can accomplish a lot of the same functions. So I'm looking forward to your uh, your dissertation on that, Chris. Yeah, <laughs> going to be interesting. <laughs> yeah, it's a, do you compare it to another Android phone? Do you compare it to a BlackBerry? It's going to be uh, very, very interesting as this device comes to a head. So definitely check out that registration page if you have not already. Yeah, you know, I mean, for the battery size at least, like this phone is pretty much, from at least what people were saying, it's going to be about the same thickness as the Z30, and the Z30 had a 2880 milliamp hour. Um, so the fact that they fit a physical keyboard in this thing and, you know, increase the battery life significant amount larger than the Z30. It's a pretty impressive feat. Um, I wonder how, you know, did they just, like, put in battery everywhere they possibly could? Did they just, like, stuff it in areas that, <laughs> like, it's it's a fairly large size battery for, for an Android device out there on the market right now. Yeah, we, we've heard a lot of interesting things, and, and even on BlackBerry's own registration page that Alex had up, they're talking about how it is ergonomically perfect, which is a very interesting claim for them to make. I want to talk a little bit about some of the rumors of Priv with a 21-megapixel sensor versus the 18-megapixel camera. So, so I'm going to pass this to Blaze because he's way smarter than I am. <laughs> <laughs> Because it has a 21 megapixel sensor doesn't mean that they necessarily have to go ahead and use all of that 21 megapixels. They can adjust it within anything. And as you guys can see, like from the Carphone Warehouse specs, everything everything points towards an 18 megapixel camera thus far, not a 21 megapixel. So even if you do the math on, on the actual images from that early hands-on review, it works out to be like 17.99999 megapixels. So if you got your hopes up for a 21 megapixel camera, it's looking pretty bleak at this point, and you really shouldn't be that hyped up over it anyways. Yep. And that sensor is capable, but not necessarily going to be tuned to the 21. Really cool that they do have a nice Sony, uh, Sony sensor in there because... I mean, the best kind of hardware you can get right now. I think cameras has been one of those things that BlackBerry's been frowned upon since the bold 9900 or 9930 days with the lack of autofocus. So I think putting your foot forward saying this has an exceptional audio quality, it's got a great camera, it's got a great screen. Those are a lot of the – great battery life. Those are a lot of the basic, like the five, the five main things people want on a phone, right? And BlackBerry seems to have, like, cleared that out of the way. It's like, okay, now focus on what we're doing with the software because that's where – the real story is going to be. But from a general consensus, it seems like they've nailed the hardware specifications. Alex, in Reddit, uh, what are some of the comments from users? Are, is that yeah. sentiment shared across the board? Yeah, I, well, I want to say one thing real quick. Um, I, if you do end up using Google Photos, for instance, 
Um, once you do switch over to the priv or whatever happens, keep in mind too that they give you unlimited storage, but they limit it at I think 16 or 18 megapixels. So even if you had a 21 megapixel camera, if you're uploading all of your your pictures to Google Photos, they're going to be downgraded anyway by a couple of megapixels. So 18 is right on the line anyway. Um, so let's see. The top of this week actually from Android uh, was Meet the Priv, the number third one there, 3340. Uh, upvotes, which is quite a significant number with 1,268 comments. And a few of the top comments here, again, we mentioned the battery is 9.4 millimeters, you know, wire uh, thickness with a keyboard and 34 10 milliamp battery. It's like, how? How do they do that? Uh, this phone takes a lot of boxes. Reasonable screen size, close to stock Android, good build quality, looks good. 34 10 milliamp battery, explanation point. Um, I sincerely hope they succeed with this device. Never thought I'd say this. I want a BlackBerry, but there you go. Um, and this one really I liked a lot. He said, my parents lost their shit when I showed them this. They wouldn't pay $400 for a Moto X, but they wouldn't hesitate to drop $1,300 for both of them to have one. And it's like this is really just kind of a good sentiment going on. We have someone who completely negates the price aspect because... You know, their parents don't really care about price when it's like, oh, it's a BlackBerry with a slider. That's like, it's not just another Android device. And uh, it pretty much very similar kind of stuff like this. This this is the last comment I'll bring up. I kind of, it was pretty entertaining. Take this with a grain of salt. But he says, so tell me, how does a company that is quote unquote dying in the cell phone market release an optimal or optim optimizable screen size 5.4 uh, inches, includes the ultra rad edgeless screen, a hardware keyboard with touch built in, um, and have a 3410 battery out of nowhere. Is there a reason why this quote-unquote dead cell phone company has included almost all the features we want when we are on the sixth galaxy that still has a 2600 milliamp battery that can't last us even 14 hours? So it's like someone kind of, you know, they're like, where, where did BlackBerry come from? And how did they check all of these boxes for Android when we've had Samsung doing this for six years now, and they still haven't even managed to do it. So I, it's just a lot of great sentiment is coming in from you know some hardcore Android fans here. So it just kind of looks looks good, a little bit exciting. Definitely, and and as Dallin said a little bit earlier, you gotta wider that widen that base, right? The handsets, BlackBerry 10. John Chen said this in Recode. It does great in the high end, but there's not enough customers in the high end who need BlackBerry 10, who want BlackBerry 10. So to widen up your audience with an Android device and bringing in that core DNA of what BlackBerry does, the security, the productivity, and enabling that with a modified version of Android, I mean, they've got all their ducks in a row. Now, as Blaze mentioned a little earlier, you've got to market it. And we will see how that comes to a head. I personally have been very displeased with some of the online advertisements. And really, they're all just to get you to click it, right? They're not supposed to be super, super thought out. But I would like to see just cohesive sentences, you know, at the very least. <laughs> <laughs> not every second letter in capital. Yeah, and that font. I, I'm sorry. It looks like like a like a Porsche design met like a Trojan Pro font and just had an awful baby. But again, I'm probably overanalyzing it to that degree. As long as it gets someone to click, I think that's what matters. And Android, BlackBerry, those two words together is probably enough to get you to click. So, whatever. I digress on that point. Let's talk about uh, a little bit. We talked about registration. We talked about Carphone. talked about the impressive introduction that BlackBerry did for their own device. 
We have a webinar coming out from BlackBerry and Google on hosting Bez 12 and Android for Work. Really cool that they're going to have representation from both parties there to talk about what they're enabling with Bez 12 and on the Android for Work side. Really, this is more of an announcement than anything. Does anyone have the date for when that webinar is actually going to launch? I don't have it in front of me. Maybe Alex might. Um, didn't it already happen? There's one that I signed up for, and it notified me to go to it the other day. <laughs> I was uh, yeah, it was on the 15th, so it's probably yeah. the replay is probably available now. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Enhanced Security, yeah. Simplify Management, Buzz 12, and Android for Work. Yeah, it was on the 15th. I never tuned into it because replays. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> because because of Bez 12. No, but it, it is very cool, at least, that they're working on getting that out there and having that information available because there are, you know, those IT managers and CIOs who are going to be looking like, what does this actually have to offer to me? And, of course, they launched that new portal for their webinars, so really great that they're keeping up the steam toward that end. We have John Chen set to appear at Techonomy 15 conference, so that'll be cool to see him and what he has to discuss there. Bez 12 Cloud available for China Mobile Hong Kong Enterprise users. We have a new board of director member who's coming in, uh, bringing in now eight members, seven of which are independent of BlackBerry, so it's pretty, pretty cool. And as well, really, we have a lot of stuff coming in for Priv. I really hope that they kind of keep a consistent momentum coming. I don't want an introduction and silence, you know? trickle in, keep giving me some of these these tidbits because that's the kind of stuff that's going to keep the conversation going and more questions coming in. Um, we talked about BBM uh, really right after the last upstream. Alex did a very interesting article. Alex, you want to talk about that a little bit? It was Top Reasons BBM is King of Mobile Messaging, which is another headline that got people <laughs> stirred up, which is, I love it. It's, it's too funny. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Alex, tell us about how this post was adapted, because it was an adaptation that was posted elsewhere, but it is your, your words. Tell us about it. Yeah, so, I mean, again, this kind of originated from Reddit. Someone posted, can we just get a good messaging app, and they threw out, you know, Hangouts, Telegram, Skype, Viber, Wire, Kick, WhatsApp. Holy crap, there's so many of them. And I, you know, I was like, you know, not to be that guy, but, you know, BBM's not that bad. And, you know, they were one of the first to actually be on Apple Watch, and they have uh, between 100 and 500 million installs um, with a 4.3 average star rating, and it's like they're, they're pretty significant compared to something like Telegram. They're actually, like, Telegram is very well-renowned in the Android world, and a lot of people do use Telegram, yet they're nowhere near the levels that BBM even is on Android, so it's kind of surprising that, you know, BBM could have you know, so many great ratings and so many installs, yet, you know, people, they hear BBM and they kind of get sick to their stomach a lot of the times um, compared to some of these other ones. And just bringing up uh, a bunch of main points that they, you know, they got the material design updates and they've really been tailoring this thing for BlackBerry as of lately. They have the retract functionality, which is kind of a nice thing. Again, some of the stuff you have to pay for, but um, they've really been kind of, working fairly well with, you know, PayPal integration, which was kind of a big deal. Um, I've been using it actually quite frequently with a few friends of mine. Go out to dinner, rather than splitting the bill right there, someone will pay with their credit card, and I'll just send my buddy over money. Um, and I know there are other options to do that, but doing it through BBM just makes it that much easier. So it really does check a lot of those boxes that people want. But again, you know, 
a messaging client, you need all of your friends to be using it for it to be useful. So it could be the best messaging client ever, but if only a couple of your friends out of everyone are using it, then it's not going to be that useful. So it seems like BlackBerry is really focusing their efforts on this, and hopefully once they you know, release the priv, they can focus more of their efforts on software and really just you know, nail this down and refine it. I know Blaze and I were talking on the previous upstream, and, and actually before I, I jump into that point, we did get some news on the 17th, which was yesterday, about Interswitch partnering with BlackBerry to integrate payments through BBM in Nigeria. So we were promised that PayPal was really just the beginning of this kind of e-commerce and, and the ability of adding in digital payments to BBM. So very cool that they stuck to their word and relatively quickly got us out of follow-up on that, showing they are, again, expanding these efforts. Really, this BBM cross-platform video, it's something that obviously the infrastructure for video exists. The question is, will they open that infrastructure up for an Android-based BlackBerry? And, and Blaze mentioned last time, he was like, well, why not, you know? <laughs> what's holding <laughs> them back? Is it that the, infra that the infrastructure can't handle it, or, or what's the case? <laughs> this is a global network operating center that they have that handles pentabytes of data, so I feel like video is something they could definitely accomplish. I've heard some murmurs here and there that we may indeed get that video, at least on Android devices. So, but again, we will, we will see what happens there. With that being said, all of the videos thus far with the priv don't actually show the video icon in BPM, so maybe right. they'll just, maybe it's just not there as of yet, or maybe they're not ready to actually show it to us, and that'll be something that they, you know, eventually get around to loading up. Yeah, and maybe they're going to charge it to us, and that's why <laughs> it's not necessarily directly available as of yet. At the same time, too, like, they could really just click that call button, and it could be, like, video or voice. Like, it doesn't necessarily need to be a standalone icon next to those two for, True. you know, video call. But, What's yeah, again, it's that's probably, private, private Yeah, chat. privacy, yep. So they have the private chat integration stuff, but... It's a nice little observation there, Alex. Yeah. I knew we brought you on for something. <laughs> Just even, kidding. Even sick Alex has his moments. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so what I want to do at this point is kind of transition. Alex, if you would, I want you to load up the uh, our BBM channel, the private one for our patron supporters, because we had a lot of good questions, and they they will they will help us with the end of this conversation, because there was quite a few good ones. Um, really, really interesting stuff that people are kind of a. Uh, my BBM channels is broken. <laughs> yeah. Let me get it loaded up here, Alex, and we'll go through some of them. It was very, very interesting, some of the, the comments and questions that we got there. Um, I was surprised by some of the, the honest questions that were posted because these are things that I've thought myself and really didn't really have an answer to, so pretty interesting stuff. We actually got about 25 different comments from our Patreon supporters, so thank you guys for supporting us and getting us the ability to answer these questions. So... First one here was from Ahmed. Priv, 2-megapixel front-facing camera, sick face, car phone warehouse, better be wrong about this. <laughs> um, I, again, we don't necessarily know whether those specs are 100% confirmed. A release date for that device, which was also mentioned, some speculation was wanted there from Kevin. A release date for the pre-orders looked to be November the 6th. Now, whether that's going to be a launch date or some early availability for the device, we do not know yet. So let's sit tight until we get some official information from BlackBerry on that. I would be pretty pretty baffled as to why you go for a 2-megapixel camera when everything else is top of the line in terms of specifications. <laughs> it just seems like 
why. I mean, of all the things, right? And it would make sense if you're going to make BBM video cross-platform that you want a good megapixel camera to back it up. Otherwise, the experience would be awful, and people still won't use it. So well, that's why they. That's part of why they improved the the front-facing camera on the Passport Silver edition. <laughs> so. Yep. You know. Selfies are important, and even groofies, as uh, Blaze likes to, say, <laughs> likes to mention. Groofies. We're going to take a groofie here one of these days. So that was a Mike's comment, a uh, very, very interesting kind of question. We had another one here, which I found hilarious, and I want to see what Dallin thinks about this one. Ahmed asks, do you think we'll be able to sideload BlackBerry 10? No. <laughs> um, no. No, no. Survey, survey says probably sideload, not. Sideload BlackBerry 10? No. I mean, there, there's more of a possibility of having a BB10 variant of the priv than actually being able to sideload BB10. And even that is... Uh, and even like... that is a very <laughs> possibility. Um, so we've clearly we've, we've we've realized that just get... You're not getting a BB10 variant, I'm sorry. Just chill. I'm sorry, the truth, I'm going to get angry emails and tweets and BBMs, but you're not getting one. We all are. We all are. Oh, no. Um, you know, it, so here, here's the thing. Look, I love BB10. BB10's awesome. It's great. It hasn't made BlackBerry a single dime. They haven't made any money off of it. <laughs> um, look, they're, they, they've got to do something that will help them make money to save their, their handset business. It's a very simple... Um, thing to understand here, and if BB10 isn't doing it, they've got to do something that does. Yeah. So it doesn't make a lot of sense for them to keep pushing that if people don't want it. That's that's kind of how it is. Period. Point blank. And and again, there is a place for BlackBerry 10. The market just isn't big enough. There's not enough governments. There's not enough regulated industries. Now in the future, that the potential for that industry to grow may actually come to a head, but right now, for this handset business to keep keep going, they need to revitalize it. So, again, probably not going to get that BlackBerry 10 version. Sorry, don't hate us. We're just the messengers. Kevin asked, speculation around release dates. We got Carphone telling us November the 6th. What do you guys... Toss a date out. Just guess. I'm thinking November... 16th, 19th, something uh, like that. Do we, we get a prize if we guess the right date? Yeah. <laughs> You're going to get a pat on the back and... Uh, <laughs> Uh, we'll put another bad headline out for one of your articles. So that'll be <laughs> Hate mail. Love it. Yeah, we're gonna. I'm just gonna link like a direct like email down your, email. your grievances. <laughs> I want to yeah. say I want to say November 18th. 18th. Yeah, 18th. I'm like I'm on I'm on the 19th. Chris is on the 18th. Uh, Alex, toss a date out, man. When is Verizon gonna get this thing? Oh, Verizon. Oh, um, get it a month later. 2016. Yeah. Verizon. I, I you know feel they like have... it's going to be like a 23rd kind of thing for Verizon. It's going to be a little bit later. Maybe in Canada or something it'll come out, you know, 17th, 18th, 19th. And then so let's say that, that Monday. Let's go Verizon. I, would, I think, honestly, though, I think I would, I would be genuinely surprised if anybody is opening up Priv on November 6th as per Carphone Warehouse. I will be very at, surprised. At this point, Right now, on this evening, I would be tremendously surprised if anybody is opening up. That may change next week. You know, it may change after I get off this podcast. But right now... Normally, normally stuff like that does happen after. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
as of right now, it's not looking like. And again, I want to make sure for BlackBerry's sake that this software is like good to go. So if you need another week, whatever the case may be, Kevin, thank you for supporting us. That is our speculation for you. Middle to end of November is where our consensus is. We had another one, very very interesting question, and I want to direct this one at Dallin. This is from Johnny over in the UK. After poor enterprise sales of BlackBerry 10 phones that rely upon Bez 10 and Bez 12 to fully manage them, Prove will be the first BlackBerry phone that doesn't necessarily have to be managed by Bez with a license fee being paid to BlackBerry to use some of the enterprise functionality. Do you guys see this as a positive or a negative for BlackBerry's return to profitability? Is it too commercially secure? from what we've seen thus far and what we've read from Mr. Kleidermacher on Inside BlackBerry, do you think it's going to stop BlackBerry and inhibit them in their return to profitability? Um, I, that's a good question, and quite honestly, I don't think we know the answer to that yet. Uh, we, we don't know the details of, of uh, the, so the underlying software and the stuff that BlackBerry has built into it um, beyond just speculation or beyond what we've actually seen in the video demos. Um, as far as like BES integration and um, other um, MDM management solutions, third-party solutions or other you know uh, solutions, we don't we don't really know. Um, I don't think it would hinder BlackBerry. I, I don't think it would um, eat into their profits. If I mean, quite honestly, I think the Priv has more potential to be a profitable device than than any BB10 device has. Um, just for the simple fact that it has broader appeal. I mean, people instantly know they're going to get the apps that, they, that they're used to getting on any other Android device. That right there is, is a major obstacle that they've overcome with the Priv. Um, and, and as far as in, in an enterprise setting, more and more um, companies are going, you know, bring your own device, but a lot of, I mean, a lot of businesses are going Android just for the simple fact that it's, it's relatively inexpensive, it's easy to manage, easy to customize, um, and so on and so forth. So um, the Priv is just another option for those enterprises that have already decided to go Android, and, um, but it's a more secure option. It's a, it would, it'll be a more appealing option to them, and it'll be BlackBerry. It'll be a familiar brand, a familiar name that is synonymous with privacy, security, and productivity. So I think, if anything, um, it, has the ability, it has the ability to upsell Right, I mean that they can, they can, they can, uh, they can buy their. Definitely going to be an interesting potential for them. I mean, if we look coming ahead here, if the enterprise sales teams are going out and trying to sell best twelve, and people are opting for either an iPhone or an Android device, at least now BlackBerry can offer an Android device toward that end to help their enterprise sales. So either way, I think as Dallin mentioned, there's a lot of potential upsell that could happen there. We got another question from one of our patrons, Sam, over in Australia. Good day, mate. I have a number of friends who are looking forward to getting the BlackBerry experience on their Android and iOS devices. How do you think BlackBerry will make the apps available to relevant platforms? Do you think you're going to purchase the apps on an individual basis through the app stores? Or do you think that the experience suite will be a more subscription model thing or like a monthly payment versus a one-time payment? What do you guys think? And again, this is all speculation, yeah. guys. We have no idea as of yet. Nothing's confirmed. But what do you guys think in terms of what do you think is the best model as it brings to market strategy? Yeah, I mean, let's kind of be realistic. When you're looking at like a, a hub or like the hub, which essentially is an email client. Yes, it does more than that, but essentially it's like an email client, and then there's contacts and 
and all these other kind of niche things, the calendar and things, I really don't think you're going to find someone who's willing to pay a subscription on like a monthly basis. Um, and obviously, if you get the priv, I can't possibly imagine BlackBerry's going to be like, okay, here's your priv, and it has the hub and stuff like that, but if you want to continue using the hub, it's going to cost you $10 a month. I can't imagine them possibly doing that. So I think it would be more I of a I think the question was more like, I think the question was more directed at like non-priv devices, like Android yeah, and no, iOS exactly. that aren't BlackBerry. Yeah, so I kind of... So do you think it's going to be a charge, like a monthly thing, or...? Yeah, I'm saying I really can't imagine that they would do a monthly thing, especially because you need to keep in mind, if you buy a priv, they probably won't charge you monthly. So if you're not on the priv, do you really think they're going to implement this monthly thing? Um, and it, it could get fairly expensive. Even if they said, okay, $5 a month, that really kind of adds up a lot. And that's kind of... I don't think they'll get the kind of adoption. It's really about getting the download numbers. They can say, hey, we have 200 million people using the hub on Android. Obviously, they, they're not going to sell 200 million privs. A lot of, most of that is probably going to be non-BlackBerry devices running Android and mm -hmm. iOS. So I think it'd be more of a one-time fee, and maybe if you bought a BlackBerry device once, it might like grandfather you in. So like, Or they might just have, if you're on BlackBerry, that one-time fee is waived. Or I don't know. I can't imagine it'd be a monthly yeah, thing, though. It could get complicated. Blaze, what are some of your thoughts on it, man? Because I'm at, I'm at this point with it, like, either charge it like a, like, like I could buy the BlackBerry keyboard on my Android device for a buck or hub for a buck and, and leave it at that, right? And if I buy a BlackBerry device, I, I get a lot of that stuff. But, you know, as Alex mentioned, maybe just doing it free and, and putting it out there or potentially attaching it via Vez 12 where, you know, you can buy it as a, as a tiered package of the experience suite when you are already tied to a Bez. Uh, Blaze, what are some of your thoughts? Do you think it's it's going to be an open thing or still kind of uh, piecemeal? I don't know. It's probably going to be piecemeal. I mean, I'd love... Even though it's not... I don't know. Even though it's not really, like, financially responsible, I would kind of like to see BlackBerry just segment everything and put it into, um, you know, uh, the Google Play Store. Let anybody go ahead and download these particular things if they want to. If somebody wants the hub on their Samsung device, then they can go ahead and do it. If they want it on their HCC device, they can just download it. You know what I mean? If they want the BlackBerry 10 keyboard, download it. You know, yeah. I think they should... I think... I think that they miss a lot of opportunities to to get people interested in BlackBerry if they don't do that. If they put it behind a paywall or anything like that, then, you know, you're limiting the, the word-of-mouth aspect of those things, especially if those things are great. You know, um... If, for example, the priv starts taking off and, and the hub is one of those great things that people really start to appreciate on the priv, you know, if if we turn to Reddit and everybody's like, oh, man, I wish I could get the hub on my device sort of thing, um, you know, I think they miss a lot of word-of-mouth opportunities by, by putting it behind a paywall or anything like that. So yeah. I think that they should go ahead and, and do all that. Um, however, we all know how difficult it is to go ahead and do debugging across Android devices and such, you know, when you have, like, 47 different Samsung Galaxy devices out there, mm -hmm. yeah. uh, you know, it, it becomes problematic at that point in time, and I don't know, I don't know at this point in time if, if BlackBerry has the resources to be able to go ahead and make that, um, you know, that effort to, to ensure that everybody is getting the optimal experience across all devices, so... You know, for for the moment, I think maybe they'll probably just roll with the idea of, of keeping it, like, priv only and, yeah. you know, see how it goes, at least, 
yeah, initially. It definitely initially, but like let's realistically think about it for them to just say priv only for for the future. Well, let's think about BlackBerry. They're no longer trying to be a quote unquote hardware company. They they're trying to do that switch and be like seventy percent software, thirty yeah. percent hardware. Yeah. You can't you can't be a successful software manufacturer by by only letting people on your hardware get your software. So yeah. well, by limiting it to only priv, I don't think it makes sense for them as an overall software company. Short term, yeah. If, if what they're doing with like the good technology acquisition and, and their whole EMM strategy, if they were to sell it strictly through Bez, at least again it would kind of Blackberryify an iPhone or Blackberryify an Android, as well as controlling the potential user base who's using it. So you're debugging maybe less because they only would support a, a certain OS version and above, uh, maybe initially, right? So you you roll out the experience suite, it's a Bez 12 add-on, and if it gains traction, that word of mouth between enterprise users, hey, you know, I'm using this great productivity app. So are you saying it wouldn't be consumer? It would only be through Bez is what you're saying in that route? Or? Yeah, I'm saying, like, I mean, a lot of the stuff that, that's already mentioned in the BlackBerry Experience Suite is things that are, one, either built on to Priv or are very enterprise. So, like, VPN authentication, that's something that's so enterprise. Yeah. I mean, why does a consumer need that, you know? There's yeah. a lot of, if you look at what the overall experience a lot of it is a blend, you know, things like that where it would make sense cross-platform, but maybe not yet. And I think maybe if they introduce it in the enterprise first and then see how the traction is there, they might offer one or two of those in some of the, the other stores. But really, it, it's going to make, I think, the sale of a Bez 12 that much easier because you're going to get a productivity suite of software as well as an MDM, EMM platform and cloud-based and all that. But I, again, we might see that change over time. We got another question here from Christopher as a suggested topic. Interested in BlackBerry's deal with Amazon in the upcoming future, is it going to be just BlackBerry 10 and that's it? Or could we see the Amazon App Store on Priv? Do you think it's going to extend that way with the Google inter with Google Play being there? Or do you think it's going to be just Amazon, maybe just for sales side partnership and BlackBerry 10's App Store alternative? Oh, they better not preload the Amazon App Store onto the Priv. Um, it'll be available. It's on any Android device you can yeah. get on App Store, but they better not preload it. Like I think I, I think they don't have to. And let's you know, John Chen pretty much had some harsh words for Amazon. I don't know. I don't know how well that partnership is actually going to go on, continuing after what he said about the Fire Phone and and you know being reliant and on the Fire Phone for sales and stuff like that. I'm I don't know how that relationship is standing at this point in time. Not to say that it, yeah. you know, it, it fell to pieces or anything like that, but you know, those those were a little little harsh words towards Amazon's direction. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, he, yeah, he basically said, you know, I was banking on the Fire Phone doing well, so that it would get more apps on BlackBerry 10, but it didn't quite happen. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, I don't I don't see any purpose for them to go ahead and preload the Amazon App Store, and you know. Yeah, it, it's inferior when you kind of compare it to uh, to Google's, in which we yeah. you know will be preloaded on the yeah. device. Especially where you know he's he's sort of gone out of his way to go ahead and make it a point to let people know that the Google Play App Store is there and available. Like, why why follow it up by saying you know you can also head the Amazon App Store? It just doesn't make sense. That being said, I hope that they they do at least you know continue their partnership agreement in in the fact of, of selling. BlackBerry devices through Amazon, but you know, at the same time, I don't, I don't think there's much of a, a, a an agreement or requirement there either. I think anybody can actually, you know, for the most part, just set up shop on Amazon and sell things. So, 
Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we have about four more questions from our our awesome patrons, and, and yeah, you guys are really great this this week with all the good questions. I feel like all of these are are pretty pretty right on the nose. My question, since BlackBerry is working with Google much more so than before, I was wondering, this question is from Chris Smith, whether we they may end up open sourcing some of their code or will it be like their acquisition of QNX where it was open source and they kind of closed it. So uh, to re-articulate the question to, and really to push it into a, a place for discussion, do you think that BlackBerry has the potential to influence future builds of Android and future source code therein that would be released with Android? Do you think there's a potential for security to take more of a primary place on future builds of Android? I mean, Android M is already kind of doing some of that in terms of focus. Do you think that may be honed uh, further into the future? Uh, you know, absolutely. I think that a lot of what even vanilla Android is now, they've taken some ideas that like CyanogenMod and things have messed around with and they've implemented them on vanilla. So I think this is a little bit separate, but I think the pr productivity aspect that BlackBerry is going to make changes to vanilla Android, I think Google may see that and be like, hey, maybe we should implement this. Like maybe the app switching thing, they might try and implement something similar to that on their end. And then obviously security-wise, why would they not unless, I, I can't really imagine BlackBerry would have like patented certain security within Android. Um, I think it's to BlackBerry's benefit just to be the good guy and, and make people actually change their, their mind about BlackBerry and then download their apps. I think the software is really the big play for, for BlackBerry, so just helping the ecosystem is just a good way to make people like BlackBerry again. Yeah, I agree with what Alex said, but I, I think to think to think that BlackBerry hasn't patented any of their security stuff, if they do any of that on the Android side, is probably a little bit silly because you know BlackBerry is all about the patents. They like having patents and they wanna wanna be able to go ahead and maintain those patents. I think I think maybe you'll see some stuff that they'll they'll you know probably take to Google and say, hey, look, we did this. Are you guys interested in it? And you know maybe they'll they'll toss them a few things here and there. Yeah, it, if they could it, make a little bit of freaking like licensing fees off of yeah. that, like that. Yeah, I mean, we saw we saw Tesla open sourcing some of their patents and making them publicly available. So who's to say that you know an agreement can't be made for something like that to happen? <laughs> The one thing with Tesla, though, it's kind of a weird thing. It's it's the reason they did that was because they're so ahead of everyone. So now Tesla is at a point where they need the rest of the you know manufacturers to get to their <laughs> to level to just make it more mainstream. <laughs> exactly. So is BlackBerry at that point? I don't really know if it would be there yet. Um, but that's I think definitely I think if they want to if they want to unify and influence Android, they need yeah. to kind of put something official out there. And we talked about a little bit of this with BlackBerry Safeguard or DTEC in our last bide. Uh, podcast that we did. So we talked about the potential for like licensing that kind of software where it's just basically like you know a BES for your for your device to tell you what kind of status it's at. We got just a couple more questions I want to run through here. Again, our our, our patrons really are testing us tonight. <laughs> this sparks the question: Do you guys think BlackBerry might try to push their own devices, offer their own finance programs like Apple or or Motorola? Seems like a viable viable option, especially during. Or depending on the final device's pricing, that was from Mr. Chris Krevling, who we've actually had here on previous podcasts. Hell yeah! Oh, I think gonna... they'd be stupid if they didn't. Yeah, we're we're moving we're moving beyond you know cell phone contracts and stuff like that these days, and pretty much everybody, all of the major players have have sort of financing options and stuff like that. Like Samsung has their stuff going on. HTC, you can finance a phone from them. 
Apple, you can basically finance a phone from them, like the lifetime upgrades. Even even the carriers are doing it at this point in time. Like BlackBerry has to has to move on that, and you know, uh, to to a certain degree, they they already have, um, you know, with their agreement through through PayPal and stuff like that, um, so that you can basically just you know pay with PayPal and then pay off your PayPal account at that point in time. So we've already seen some of that that happening. Um, on a on a lesser scale than Amazon or HTC and stuff, uh, but yeah, you know that that almost seems inevitable. They have to go ahead and do that to be able to go ahead and get people get people connected to their devices and you know uh, somewhat. I don't want to say loyalty because it's not necessarily loyalty, but you know wrapped up in purchasing their phones. Even though that sounds that sounds sneaky as well, like nobody wants to be wrapped up in, in buying a phone, but. That's ideally what it is. You know, yeah, that's, that's the marketplace we live in these days. You yeah, know? they they, so. they want to get you wrapped up in their ecosystem. They want to yep. get you wrapped up in the payments and and basically you know kept in the loop in, in regards to new devices and stuff like that. So yeah, totally. Yeah, so, and it's even well, like yeah, one thing just about that um, carriers like they've always had that payment plan that you can do for like I know there's Apple Care or whatever but it's like you could pay a carrier $8 a month and if you break your phone they will send you a replacement phone. Well the reason why they even offer that pricing is because obviously there are more than enough people who are paying the money and never breaking their phone to outweigh the people who are paying the money and break their phone. So if Blackberry could go and take that bit as well because carriers are trying to move away from that stuff that's exactly what Apple did. You essentially get the early upgrade program plus Apple Care starting at $32 a month. So if you say, hey, get a brand new Priv and join our upgrade program for as low as $25 a month, I mean, I'd probably even jump on that. And if you upgrade your phone a lot, like it just makes sense. It, they should do something with that. I wish all the iPhone users that I see with busted-ass screens would upgrade yes. because it's terrible, man. Yeah. Like, seriously, I, I've, I've never seen so many iPhones busted. Like, when I don't drive or anything like that, so, like, I take the bus often, right, because the bus system in my area is really, really good. Um... And I see, you know, I there's no possible way I can get on the bus at any given point in time and not see someone with a broken iPhone. It's like, why are you still using that? Go get that replaced. Yeah. <laughs> People don't have sense these days, man. They just they buy it and it works, whatever. Yeah. So we have one we have one final question for Mr. Mike Robinson, really good one as well. It, it's crazy because uh, these questions I got, we could we can honestly just do a full podcast on these questions alone. So patrons, keep it up. We'll be here next week. We want to hear what you got for us. Do you anticipate the Priv having longer-term support for Enterprise like there has been so far for BlackBerry 10? Or will support be for a couple OS upgrades and then the devices dropped like normal consumer Android on a 24-month cycle? Do you see a long-term roadmap and support for Priv by BlackBerry? Or do you see it to, to be a little bit more iterative as other Android devices are with the yearly kind of hardware upgrade and kind of the software not necessarily keeping up with what's the latest from Android? That's a huge question that's been asked, at least on the Android subreddit, like huge, 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 huge. And, you know, that's something, like, the Moto has been blown up lately that they're, they promise, like, we will be the first to upgrade to the newer versions and such. And I guess the Moto that came out less than a year ago is already EOL. Like, they're not upgrading it. And people are flacking on Moto, and they're really hurting their brand. So I think if BlackBerry actually is one of the few manufacturers that does continue upgrading the phone, after it's been kind of outdated for three, two or three years now, I think they could actually stand out as one of the Android manufacturers that care about their hardware and software. And that could actually make them stand out 
by continuing to upgrade their software longer than the competitors are. So I think they yeah. should. That'd be a great way to stand out. Good answer. But the thing, the thing with that as well is that you know, like there, when you become an Android um, provider, you're sort of bound by Google at that point in time too. Because let's say, for example, you know, three, three versions down the road, Google decides to go ahead and put out another OS, right? But that OS, when when BlackBerry gets it, doesn't run well on the device. BlackBerry then has to decide: do we do we push out this subpar experience, or do we, you know, have have the option of saying that you know this device is now end of life, you know? And I don't know. To me, I w I would rather them end of life my device than actually push out a subpar experience. But I believe that there is a possibility that BlackBerry, especially that they they've made such a such an interesting debate about their their own update system and stuff like that that they could essentially go ahead and prolong some of the life even if even if the devices were maintained on like an older version of Android um, they could go ahead and push out some some crucial security updates that would be needed to go ahead and extend the life of that device beyond what was normal I guess you could say for every other Android device out there I don't know if that made sense. It made sense in my head, but... It did. It did. They, and again, BlackBerry can enable a lot through software, so I really hope they do have some potential to up the ante and keep these devices as current as possible. I mean, we haven't really heard too, too much about a follow-up Android device, but I know a lot of people are interested in potentially an all-touch Android device running the BlackBerry's kind of software packaging and security infrastructure. So, you know... There's a lot of potential, maybe a lower spec device at a really nice price point with that BlackBerry, you know, software that that, that would do really, really well. Um, I want to close this cast out, guys, before we get too long, long-handed on this. Uh, those patrons, thank you so much for your questions. Those who've pledged out, we will be doing our after show right after this, and we'll be really getting into the nitty-gritty of what we really think about BlackBerry's current marketing. So <laughs> we'll we'll catch you guys next week. Thank you very much. This has been very full upstream number seventy manifest. Thank you, guys. Thanks. Deuces and Jason, I'll be getting this out to you tomorrow, man. So uh, good on that. We'll see you guys next week. Peace.